90% Mental, Conversations with Grant Parr, Episode 105. Mental performance coach Grant Parr sits down with Stu Singer, Washington Wizards mental skills coach, to discuss the meaning and importance of a powerful theory that he coaches called the Two Truths. Over the past 10 years, Stu has coached at every elite level, and what he has realized in the pursuit of greatness is that there are two truths— One, we are forever a work in progress, we're never finished. And two, self-acceptance, where we are at today is exactly where we are supposed to be. Stu goes in depth to how these two truths exist in parallel of each other and how they create space for an athlete to be good with their progress towards greatness without beating themselves in the midst of the process. These two truths are his background for learning and growth. interested in a full body resistance training system to achieve your athletic and fitness goals, the mass suit from Juke Performance is your answer. The mass suit is a full body resistance training suit that you wear during your exercising or sports specific training to enhance your speed, strength, power, agility, and endurance. You are fully mobile and it's great for plyometric and high intensity training. It engages all muscle groups simultaneously and increases to a 50% caloric burn. Check out the mass suit at jukeperformance.com and other fitness-related products and make sure to use the promo code GRANTPAR, one word, G-R-A-N-T-P-A-R-R, for your 10% discount. Hey, Stu, how are you? I'm great, Grant. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm so excited to have you on my show. You know, have a a peer of mine uh, doing the same work. I'm really excited to talk about uh, mental skills training, but more or less, I want to. I'm really interested to talk about kind of your journey as a mental performance coach, but something that's really passionate about for you called the two truths. And I won't go into what that is because I'm going to have you explain that later in the show. But before we get into just your journey and your thoughts and and the two truths. I want to talk about mental toughness, which is I always love to talk or start my show about talking about mental toughness. So when you think about being mentally tough, what does that mean to you? Yeah, I think I'm super boring. Like I think a lot of people want to hear a really sexy answer to, to mental, you know, what's mentally tough or mental toughness. And for me, it is as simple as um, attention. What uh, can you pay attention to that matters in the moment? And what are the things that you can block out from your attention in the moment that are going to impact you negatively? Um, <clears throat> and that is a um, powerful skill and it is um, not easy. Uh, and it, it has to be proactive and meaning that you have to have done it many times before. Uh, if you, you're not going to, have it in the biggest moment if you haven't practiced it um, and, and you need to get your reps in, um, in it uh, for you to be good at it. And even then, sometimes we're going to lose that, that deep place of attention. But when the chaos of the performance environment is at its highest, you better have that skill of, of, of knowing exactly what you want to pay attention to and how you're going to go about um, developing that skill to do it. And, and also the things that are going to hurt you in the moment. And, and so that's really how I define it with all my athletes. You know, I, I love that. And, and, you know, I've had over 100 episodes so far on this show. And that, that hasn't been, I mean, some way and somehow, there's been definitions and people's, you know, thoughts and perspectives on mental toughness. They've, they've are in a roundabout way, have brought up attention, but not the way that you have. And and it's great, and I appreciate that that uh, perspective because when you think of words like you know grit and mental toughness and joy and love, like these words that we all know, success, but we all have a different meaning of it. And so your meaning and uh, how it you know it's centered around attention is is awesome. Uh, thank you for that. Yeah, and and you know if you think about att- attention, and you think about well, what am I paying attention to? then all of a sudden it starts to then regulate the emotion that you feel. So if you're paying attention to an insurmountable in your mind task, then the emotion that it creates is fear. 
Mm. And and that's not that's not a place that we want to be. Or if you're paying attention to, hey, can you know, can we win the next three minutes? And what is that going to look like to win the next three minutes of this? Like we can't come back. Let's say it's basketball. We can't come down back to 20 down uh, in, in a play. But can we win the next three minutes? Now what you're paying attention to is something totally different. And that regulates emotion. So, you know, for me, that's why it's understanding that what you're paying attention to in any given moment really creates the experience that you that you have. Yeah. And, and, and bringing attention to what you can control. Correct. Awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and then the power of that. <laughs> right. So, you know, that's a, that's a process within its own, you know, but that's again, that's a great example of understanding what should I be training myself to give my attention to and what should I, you know, essentially not be giving my attention to and training myself for that as well. Exactly. And it brings me up to the, the whole win mindset of what's important now. And I think there's, yep. there's so many different ways to get to that, that core uh, connection of attention. But that, that when you were just talking, I was like, yeah, that's, it's like the, the win mindset right there. Yeah. hundred percent. Awesome. Awesome. Well, can you share a specific time uh, throughout your career where you had to be mentally tough or maybe you had a, a, an opportunity to work with an athlete Again, you don't have to share their name at all, but uh, how you coach them through a, a mentally tough situation. Yeah, I mean, I, I, one thing I will say is that I try to practice what I preach every single day. Uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, we're all performing. Um, you know, my, my uh, field or court is no longer the actual field or court. It's when I'm in a, you know, up in front of a, a team presenting, or if I'm one-on-one with somebody presenting, but, you know, or talking to them and, and, and going through some, some work that's us performing. Right. And so yeah. I need to have, and, and I have days where I feel great and I, and I just kind of flowing and it's awesome. And then I have days where obviously uh, things aren't as great as I want them to be, or, or my mindset's not exactly where I want it to be. So I believe strongly in the idea that we should be practicing what we preach. And, and I certainly do that. And, you know, I think one of the examples I can say is, you know, as you step up a level, let's, let's say whatever that level might be. So if you were working a lot in the high school level, and now all of a sudden you get a college program and, you know, so you're stepping up the intensity of the environment, um, or if you've been working at the college level and, you know, but let's say division, you know, three, maybe, and then all of a sudden you get that division one gig, that's stepping up a, a level of intensity. Or if you obviously then go from uh, college to pro and you're working in that environment, like there each time it's, it's a step up in the intensity of the environment, the expectations of what you're going to be able to provide for the group. And, you know, I've, I've had those times where I've had to readjust myself. And, and I, I remember, you know, a, a time where all of a sudden that, that intensity of that jump up was pretty powerful and, you know, questioning whether this was what I wanted to do. And, you know, and then all of a sudden you're like, no, hold on a second. <laughs> this discomfort that you're feeling right now is actually exactly the discomfort that you should be feeling like this is what it should feel like to move up a level and totally. it should be hard and it should be intense and it should create a little bit of butterflies and, <laughs> and everything else. And now how do you manage those moments? And again, that goes back to then same thing. What am I paying attention to? And, and, you know, and, and it completely changes that uh, experience from a, a stressful one to, okay, awesome opportunity. Let's go after this. Let's learn from it. Let's see if we can grow. Um, you're going to sharpen your skills. You're going to sharpen how you present. You're going to do all those things because you're, you know, it, it's going to be demanded within the environment, but that's a great thing, not a bad thing. And, you know, but this is exactly how it should feel. And so that's, essentially me using the same skills I might use with a, you know, any of my clients, um, and, but using it for myself. Um, and then, you know, I just think for, again, mental toughness, you know, can be such a, you know, for, for me, I, I, again, super boring guy is I, I want to be able to give something to athletes, um, that is repeatable 
and that is, you know, kind of proven across um, gender, across sport, um, you know, almost across age, that these are things that are, are proven solid um, rather than saying, well, here's a great story about someone that they experienced this or this is how I experienced something. So this is going to mean that it's going to be how you experience it. Mm-hmm. And too often I hear stories about mental toughness that's, and they're potentially great stories, but it, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to apply to somebody else. So it's like someone experienced something and that's great, but is that going to be repeatable to somebody else? So for me, you know, when I'm working with specific athletes, it's, it's so much about um, getting to that point where the, the, the difficulty of it, um, the, the struggle that you have is uh, to get to that place that you want to be um, is understood. So understanding like, well, why, why do we, kind of get to that place where we may fear a moment and, and there's solid science behind why we fear the moment in particular, because our brain is, you know, hardwired to pick up on, uh, you know, the survival instinct. So if we're not thriving in our sport, it's going to send that signal like, Hey, something's wrong. And, and that can start to mess with us for a little bit. So getting to that place to understand, because too often, and this will kind of segue at some point into the two truths part of, of, you know, what I've come to, to kind of use and understand is that the more we try to force a way that, that we're even experiencing something that, that sounds like doubt, that, that feels like doubt is like you, then you're, you're screwed because you're trying to force something away that is at the very core of your brain's function. And and so the very first thing is really totally understanding, like we must accept that this is part of being just the, the, the the fact of being human means that we're going to have some of those moments. So stop fighting it, come to a place where you can see it. And, and now we're going to kind of start our, what are we paying attention to? How, you know, um, uh, you know, are you, you know, getting out in front? Are you predicting that something negative is going to happen instead of just kind of be present and understand, well, what matters in this moment? Again, back to that win piece. And, and that's how I help athletes to become what I feel is mentally tough. Yeah. You know, I love it. You brought up a few things and, you know, when you talk about you know, being uncomfortable and, and whatever that, how you interpret that, you know, feeling uncomfortable, you're nervous. Um, it, it could be a crisis, right? And so I always say, you know, where there's a crisis, there's an opportunity. And you even talked about looking at that whole, whatever that is, however you make the meaning of that situation, an opportunity. It's an opportunity to, to up your game and also to step into an environment that's a little bit more intensity. It's not a bad thing. It's a great thing. I, you know, you get to do this, you know, you get to empower yourself. So I love that piece. And you bring up about being your work and doing practicing what you preach. And I, I mean, I have so many conversations with, you know, with, with other practitioners and also um, yeah, students that, that want to get into this profession. And they ask me the questions all the time. They're like, you know, what advice do you have for me? And there's so many, there's so many areas and, and angles that I can address with them. But I always say this. I'm like, if you're going to do this work, you got to be your work. You got to be it. Because if you're going to ask all these athletes, teams, and coaches to do meditation and to visualize and write down mantras and do gratitude work and all this stuff, and you're not doing it, to me, it seems out of alignment. So if you really want to be connected to the work, you want to be connected to the team, the person, the coach, whatever it is, be, be the work, be it, do it. hundred percent. I, you know, I, I just use, if we're going to talk to talk, we should be walking the walk. Right. I mean, that's just, it, it, you know, and, and the really cool part, though, with that is a, you know, you perform better. <laughs> That's the easiest, you know, benefit of it. Right. But right. Uh, but the but the second part of it is you get, you know, by being the work, as you're saying it, you get to uh, you get to know it intimately. You get to truly understand. Oh, that's like I, and and here's the really cool part. And, and, and you know, and, and these are things that I 
you know, I preach to my kids, <laughs> I preach to anybody to listen, actually, is, you know, don't wait for the crisis to now start to ask, what should I be doing? Like, we should be getting out in front of this as best as possible. And then you're going to find like, yeah. oh, wow, <laughs> because I've been doing this for four weeks, five weeks, five years. Yeah. That that in the moment where you need it. It's now there instead of like, ah, yeah, 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 I'll do it. I'll do it. Whatever, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden you need it. And it's like, oh, shit, I haven't been practicing this. And, you know, and to me, I think of it very much as physical fitness. Like, don't think you're going to go run out uh, and do a marathon on, on race day. It's not going to happen. You know, you, you need to put in the miles leading up to it yeah. um, very specifically in a very specific uh, uh, routine and understand when to recover. Every, everything that you need to do for it um, leading up to it is what's going to allow you to do that. But it's not going to just happen that day if you haven't put in the time leading up to it. Absolutely. Um, you're, you're, you're speaking the, the mental gospel right there. So I, lo- I love it. I, lo- <laughs> I love it. So let, let's get into it. Let's get into the, the two truths. And this is kind of okay. a two-part question. I know it's going to take you some time to, to talk about it, but you know, share with my listeners what the two truths are. And then at what point of your career did you, did you come to a realization that this was like a, a real-life construct that you are plugged into? Let me answer that one first, okay. and, then, and then I can get into more of the detail of it. I, um, I, I would say that, that that's probably within the last two years in a very like defined way. I would say it's probably in the last five years that I've been you, you know kind of knocking it around uh, from a theoretical perspective. Um, and, and finally, probably within the last two years, started to really define it out um, and understand. And so I'll give you like the big picture of, of what I mean by two truths and, and, and then kind of, I can probably dive deeper into, into it. So the bigger picture of the two truths is simply this, that there are, there are kind of two um, uh, truths that, that we have to, and they're simultaneous. They're going on at the same exact time, and they're actually paradoxical to one another. One is, is that we are forever a work in progress, that we're never there. We're never finished. Um, and, and the way that I kind of show this to an athlete, especially let's say I'm talking to a college athlete, or it could be a pro, it could be a high school athlete, doesn't matter. It's your freshman year. All right. You're midway through your first season as a freshman. And I say four, you know, or three years, I guess, from now, senior year, are you going to be and we're same day, but three years uh, ahead? Are you going to be better then than you are now? And, you know, uh, every athlete. Yes, of course. And I'm, well, OK, why? Well, I'll have more experience. I'll, I'll, I'll have more reps in at that point. I'll probably be a little bit stronger because we've been doing our, you know, strength program. I'll know, you know, kind of what our, our, our coach wants in terms of our system that we use. So, of course, I'm going to be better. And then, you know, and then so then the question becomes, well, then how can you be perfect now? Right. Because that's what they want now. Right. right. And so 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 if you know that there's something more, that's cool. Right. Like I I always say to all my athletes, like, I love the fact that I'm, I know that I'm, you know, essentially a lifelong learner, a a work in progress because I'm fired up to try to figure out my job even more, to read more, to talk to more people like yourself, to, you know, to, to realize that I'm on a good path and I'm helping, but like, man, three years from now, I'm going to be even better than I am today. Yeah. And that fires me up because I want that. I want to know that I'm going to continue to learn and grow. So it doesn't need to be this thing that we're fearful of, like, oh, I'm not perfect. And we don't need to be scared about that. So what? It doesn't mean we're not good. It just means we're not perfect yet. We're not at the end finish line. And to me, that's exciting. So the first one is, yes, you're right. You're not as good as you're going to be someday. That's the truth. And 
but then the second one is, is that we have to be self-accepting that wherever we are today is exactly where we're supposed to be based on the experience we have. Right. So, so on one hand, I'm saying, man, I'm not as good as I'm going to be. And yet on the other hand, I'm saying, but I'm accepting of where I am right now. So the two truths are actually in some ways, uh, like I said, paradoxical. They're not, you know, they're not saying the same thing. Right. One saying, man, you're not, you're not there yet. The other one saying, no, you're exactly where you should be. And, but what that does is create a, a space to basically say, I can be good without being finished. Mm. But what I'm not going to be, but what I'm not going to do is beat myself up because I'm not there yet. Because the honest truth is I can't be there yet because I'm only capable of being whatever my experience is to this very day. And that experience is not just physical. That experience is mental, emotional. It's every, it's everything. So when you're a freshman, you know, you may, you may have had great success at the high school level. You may have had great coaching. You may have been, you know, it, all these things and, and all of it's true. And then all of a sudden you make this jump and there's so much more to learn. And the people that you're competing against have a two, three, four year head start on you. So yeah, it's going to feel like struggle again, mm. but that doesn't mean you're bad. It just means, okay, there's more for me to learn. But until we can get to that place of acceptance that these two truths are universal, then we're going to keep fighting against it. And, and that's kind of how I, I begin to use those two truths. Got it. You know, when I was sitting down with myself and coming up with questions and I was, you know, I was looking at these two truths and there was, a, I mean, the more that I was thinking about it, I was like, wow, this is, this is pretty deep. And, and it <laughs> is. Um, but like, especially like work in progress, man, I'm, I am, I love, I connect to that. I am a work in progress and I can, I want to be a work in progress. I don't want to be finished. Like you said now, but when you get to the point of, you know, the first truth about you're, you're probably not going to be as good as you are going to be or that you want to be in the first truth though, is it, would you, is it fair to say that coming from possibility though is that the the driver or the inspiration or the motivation to to keep on wanting to learn more and to keep an open mind that you know yes you were incredible at high school but guess what in college it's going to be completely different and you have to be put on a different hat to to learn more and to know that you were good but you're not as good as you could be right now so is that whole mindset of coming from possibility would that be more of like motivation or inspiration in the first truth well, you know, when I, when I talk about motivation with, with teams, I, I talk about um, like the tiers of motivation, meaning like the steps, let's say, yeah. uh, of motivation. So the, the first, like the, what I call the base um, level is, is fear. So we're motivated by fear, fear of punishment, fear of embarrassment, fear of, you know, it's not going to work, whatever. But it, so we're motivated, but it's only because we're in fear of something not, you know, something bad essentially happening. Then the next tier is reward. Um, So, you know, I'm motivated because I want something. I want, you know, a starting position. I want more minutes. I want, you know, to get greater statistics. I want to, I want to be recognized for a, a league or conference uh, award, whatever, whatever that might be. Then the next step up is, is duty or obligation. So I'm, I'm motivated by, by that. This is something that I know matters to the people that I'm with and, and that um, it, it matters to me. So I have like this duty or obligation to, to do the right things. And then the highest level is love or passion. Like I do it because it fires me up. It, it's, it's what I'm about. It's, it's, I wake up and, you know, it's 6 AM and, you know, and, and go out and work out because I want to, I love it. it. It's, it's what fires me up. And so 
for me, when I think about that first truth about I'm a, I'm a work in progress, yes, there, there, I mean, I don't, I, I've never, acted, you're the first person to ask me that question. So I'm, I'm playing it out in my mind as we're, as we're talking here, but the, the quick answer would be, yeah, like the idea of, like you said that it, it spoke to you. That's your motivation. There's something within you that says, man, I love the idea that even though I might think I'm, I'm good now and I, and I, and, and not in a, in an arrogant way, that's a, I, I right. should feel like I've done it. I've done enough work at this point to, to feel that I, I can say I'm solid at what I do, that I'm good at what I do, but man, that fires me up to think how much better I can get at this. Yeah. And so there's obviously that, that kind of possibility of what's possible rather than, Oh shit, what, 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 what am I not right. is it's, it's so much better to think in those terms. Right. I love it. Yeah. And there's a great term of, um, I've actually been hearing this, um, you know, you and I were talking beforehand how there's like certain, like, you know, trends and tendencies and conversations, uh, that are happening in yeah. left field. And then you go talk to somebody else that you haven't talked to before. And you're like, Holy smokes. I've been talking about that, uh, with other people, but um, I've been hearing this, this statement a lot that, you know, if you want to be an overnight success, it's going to take you 10 years, you know, re, <laughs> yeah. re, you know what right. I mean? Like, so regardless of it's 10 years, it's going to take you a long time. So it's about, you know, the work in progress. It's like putting in the work. Yes. We, we all, who wouldn't want to like the next day get what we want, but we have to work for it and we have to be open to it. And, and I, just from your perspective, um, you know, when we're in this work in progress, and maybe you've already answered it, um, but what do you think are the things that derail an athlete to focus on this this process of, you know, work in progress and, and always wanting to get better? Do you think it's social media? Is that one factor that kind of distracts <laughs> them? Totally. Uh, I, I, wow. Talk about trend of a topic. Um, <laughs> this has been coming up a lot recently. Um, yeah, I'm a really big, um, I'm a really big advocate for, there are a bunch of, of what I would call, um, natural medicine, you know, quote unquote medicine that if we were all way more focused on, but so much stuff would go away. So, so much ill would go away. Um, and you know, obviously social media is just social media, you know, it, 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 in within itself, it's not this, this horrible thing, but like, again, what we get sucked into, what, where our attention flows with it is, you know, the other part of it is it's, it is very much designed almost to say, okay, here's the very best of me. Here's the very best of my experience. Here's the very best trip I've been on. Here's the very best picture I've taken. This is the very, it's always the very best. And and it creates a society of comparison. And, and, and if you're not careful, you can really go, well, I haven't been on a vacation like that. I don't have that. I don't have that clothes. I don't look like that. You know, all these different things that, that can, can bring us down. And I heard a statistic and I'm just going to use the statistic. I'm going to tell you that I have not fact checked it. So I don't know this, but I, I, I believe anecdotally that it's somewhere in the ballpark is that, um, and I want to say that it was with teen females is that for every picture that's posted on Instagram, they've taken a hundred that they said, no, I don't want to put that one on. And and so essentially that's 99 times saying it's not good enough and one time saying it is. <laughs> and, and I don't know those numbers to be exact. Let's say it's 10, you know, right. I mean, I, it, it, it doesn't matter. It still is. I guarantee this, this, a lot of negative to one positive. Right. And, and that's not to me a great thing, but the other part of it is as a society where we, we, we tune in tremendously to outcome. And, and we value outcome. Uh, and, and I'm not saying that outcomes don't matter. They absolutely matter. But, but the focus, again, going back to this word attention, right. is, 
is like, but, but what were the actions and behaviors daily that got to the outcome? But we don't talk about those things. We only show and talk about. So, so the derailing to me is that everybody wants that, that shiny positive outcome because that's what's like so celebrated. Right. I mean, completely celebrated, <laughs> but we're not doing the action and behavior. So getting back to that idea of um, natural medicine, you know, there, there are all these healthy, natural things that we can be doing that would keep us on track, not get derailed. But we don't, we don't really teach those that often. We don't talk about those enough in, in every day because they're really not that fun to discuss, per right. se. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a good time. You probably have a good time, but that's because we're in it. But <laughs> right. But like, what if we were doing this with with third graders? And and so instead, so they're learning young, do this, do this, do this. Like we we you know, we teach to to uh, to brush your teeth every day. Right. And and if they're learn if they were learning that those type of natural medicines uh, for me, things like mindfulness, things like, you know, grounding outdoor and nature, things like gratitude, things like journal, like all the things that, you know, you, you had mentioned a little bit earlier and we're doing those things on a daily basis and we're doing them from the time we're eight years old, because at that point, the brain's so, so malleable and, you know, can just really take it in and become part of us. Now, all of a sudden in high school, when stuff gets really intense, we've already been practicing stuff for years. We've already been training ourselves to pay attention to the good stuff rather than the bad stuff. And, and now maybe we prevent stuff from ever happening long before um, it actually happens to us. Yeah. Wow. I love it, man. This, uh, like I said, <laughs> uh, this is going to be deep. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and getting a little bit deeper, uh, I want to talk a little bit more about the second truth because, you know, you talked about earlier about gaining self-acceptance and, uh, you know, where we are today is exactly where we're meant to be based on the experiences that we've had to date. So I want to explore that a little bit more, but I know you touched on a little bit, but can you just like self-acceptance? Because there's things that that came up for me, not only as, as an athlete, with, you know, accepting myself, also being a mental performance coach and some of the dynamics I've, I've had to deal with, I've had, it, it was a little bit different to deal with some of that self-acceptance. So like from your perspective, what does gaining self-acceptance mean to you? Well, you know, and, and this is also something that I, that I want to make sure that, and, and I'm sure that you've seen this a million times as well, is that we have this false assumption that everyone that's succeeding and successful has a really strong mindset. Right. And, and that's not always true. And it doesn't mean that they have a horrible one either. And it doesn't mean that they're, but, but this, it's a false understanding. And, and sometimes, I mean, I'm sure you've run into this, that there are people who are absolutely successful and it's in spite of their mindset rather than that because of their mindset. Right. And so, and, and, and the thing is, is sport has so many, um, taglines, uh, you know, something that gets passed down from, from one coach generation to the next coach generation and parent to kid and everything. And one of them is, is like that we're never enough. Right. So, so when I say a work in progress, to me, that's different than saying you're never good enough. Right. No, I agree. totally. And, and so the idea of self-acceptance is to say, I have put in time. I have put in work. I do deserve to be where I am. And so I can accept the fact that I cannot be more than what I've done to this point. And not only what I've done, but who I've learned from, what environment I've been in, um, you know, what I've been exposed to and not yet. And at some point you just have to say like, Hey, like I'm okay. And I'm going to accept that. Um, and, and because there is no way to be more than the experiences that you've had. There is zero way to be more than that right. until you have more experience. 
you know, it's funny, and, and I'll be a little bit vulnerable, um, and this is probably, you know, this people can get the lesson from this, uh, it doesn't matter what profession you are, but as for mental, mental performance coaches, you know, it was probably, I don't know, three years ago or so, and I was working with uh, athletes at the high school level, and for whatever reason, there were some things, like, there were some old belief systems and some things that had happened to me a long, long time ago that were surfacing, that were ha- happened to me in high school, and here I am, I'm in a high school environment, and some of this stuff is percolating, is bubbling up. And, and I think we've all, you know, as mental performance coaches or anybody that's been a teacher um, or in a coach that's like you're addressing a, a large population of people, 30-plus, you know, students or athletes, yep. Yep. you're always going to find some, some group of kids that are, are not tuned in, don't want to tune in, or they're just not yep. with the work, whatever. And so I remember back in the, probably three years ago, I started taking personal personally that, you know, I felt... I was getting disrespected. I was making it more about me. And, and, I, and what was happening is that there was some self-acceptance issues that, that happened to me a long time ago that it was more than just them respecting me. It was like I wasn't being accepted. And so, therefore, I wasn't yeah. accepting myself. And so I, I, I got the lesson real quick. And so how I actually had to get over that in the moment, because, again, you know, at the time I was, you know, a little past 40 years old, I don't know what it's like to be 17 years old in this society, right. you know? I, yes, I was 17, but I don't know at all what it's like to, to be in high school right now. Um, mm-hmm. So I remember there was time just driving in my car, and I would be going towards the, the school, and I would tr- tell myself, I am free to be myself, and I get to do this. And I always say tap into yeah. your joy. I always say tap into your joy because that to me that's just it, that's where I go to get happy and my strength and my power and all that good stuff. But it was literally I had to say it out loud like you are free to be who you are, and it's and it's like yeah. you, I was giving so much power to something because I wasn't even accepting myself. And so as soon as I accepted myself, it was just like everything like all this weight and pressure and stress just kind of fell off me. And and to take it even a step further than that is and in fact that's way better because you you don't and there there's no way at 40 plus that we are 17 (laughs) right right? so it's not authentic for me to try to show up and be a 17 year old version of myself because it would be you know stupid basically and they're and they're gonna vibe they're gonna vibe with that and see like well what is this dude doing instead of saying no this like this is who I am you know and yeah. and but here's what I bring that has value but but 100% um I I do something um you know another another of of kind of like the core pieces to what I do or uh, it, it, I call them my three core pillars and my three core pillars are you know training yourself to first be present to focus on what you have control over and then three without judgment and learning how to to kind of block out judgment, which does not mean that the world does not have judgment. And then I always use the example when I'm up in front of a room presenting, um, you know, that in a room, let's say of 30, just like you said, um, there's going to be a bunch of people that are totally locked in like man i want to hear this i want to learn more there's gonna be another group that's like yeah it's okay you know i'm 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 listening but you know it's not knocking their socks off and then there's going to be some that are completely tuned out and and can't tap into it don't want to try to tap into it whatever (laughs) yeah and and you know and what i say all the time is but here's what i know first thing I know is that everything I'm giving you is quality stuff. I know that this is good stuff because I've been in it and I know it and I know the power of it. So I know that I'm giving you stuff that's research backed, data driven, yet I've used it and applied it in the, in the trenches and I know it's good. Uh, the next part is I know my stuff. I can be up here and I could completely, you know, I might be using a PowerPoint, but if I go off that, I, I can go. I don't need to read it to you. I know, I know my stuff inside and out. Again, right. I've been doing it. 
And then the last part is, is that I'm going to do it with some energy and I'm going to do it so that I'm connecting. I'm looking people in the eyes. And, and if I do those things, I've taken care of the process, right? I'm giving you the best that I have. And I cannot get connected to your, to the judgment. Is everybody happy? Is everybody believing? Is everybody, you know, on the edge of their chair listening? Um, because that's all I can give you is the things that I just mentioned. My, my, you know, I've, I've taken care of what I can control essentially. And I'm here with you. I'm being present. I'm here with you. And I'm, and not only that, but I'm trying to give you some, some energy and, and, and connect with you as well. So like, that's what we can control to me. That's going out and giving a great performance. And so I'm going to focus in on that and I'm going to focus less on worrying about other people's judgment while I'm up there. Yeah. And I think essentially that's what you said when you, when you were saying those, those, those mantras to yourself. Yeah, it, totally. And, and it's, and you bring something up too. And we could, we could literally have a, a completely different episode on, on energy. Cause it, as much as one of your pillars of, of, you know, training yourself to be present being mindful, getting into the moment in the here and now. And it, to me, it's, it all starts with breath. Um, but what powers the breath it's, it's energy. And so I think, you know, checking your frequency and being responsible of, of not only understanding the energy you do have, but how you can actually affect it. And there's certain things you can do. I think to me, that's, that's another thing I get really excited about within my work because man, there's so much power into like understanding what your energy is. And a lot of people, when they realize they don't have maybe a hundred percent, and I've seen this with a lot of athletes is that when they're, they don't have an hundred percent of the energy or they don't feel good or they're sick or moody, they feel like maybe they're not going to perform well because they're focusing on stuff that they don't have. But even if you have mm-hmm. 45%, I want you to focus on the energy that you do have. And if you know that you have 45%, then what can we do to raise that energy a next level? Whatever, whatever, whatever if that, um, that level is 55% or 85%, but how can we do certain things to actually energize ourselves and our well-being? So, uh, again, when it comes to energy, I can, I love it. I love talking about that stuff for sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, and what you're, you know, again, if you think about what you're saying is there's a level of self-acceptance, like, yeah, I only have 45 today. I'm accepting that, but how do I maximize that 45? Right. Mm. Definitely. Definitely. And you know what also too, uh, <clears throat> as I'm thinking here, I'm looking at my notes, you know, when you talk about, um, you know, we are, as today, we're exactly where we are based off our experience from the past. Does, is it fair to say, I mean, does, does our past define who we are today? Um, does our past, you know, I, I think that we are the accumulation um, of our, our actions, behaviors, choices over that period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think it can it can define you as of today, but it does not define you forever then. Like we can forever alter that right. that path. Right. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, so I'm, I'm you know, again, I would be pretty accepting of, you know, um, yeah, I, I, I haven't always done things the right way. You know, let's say uh, or or I didn't approach this season the right way, which now does not mean that the season's now over, you know, or, or a waste. No, like let's change it today. Um, so, you know, again, as someone that, that really preaches and trains in, in, in the power of, you know, what are you doing right now? And that's the most important thing that, that you can be focused on. You know, I, I try to minimize the the um, time spent rehashing the past, uh, meaning you know beating ourselves up for what we could have or should have done better. Um, and I also try to keep people from predicting out what's going to happen a year down the road. How about right. we we take care of business today? And if we take care of business today, um, I feel really good about. Uh, you know, that, that there is no way for me to guarantee for sure, nor predict outcomes. But, but I feel like if I take care of business each day, um, I like my chances to have more positive uh, outcomes than negative. 
totally. Totally, man. This is awesome. Um, you know, I've never, I mean, I've, I've heard of this, this concept construct of these two truths, but the way that you have talked about it today has just gave it uh, a deeper meaning for me. And, uh, and I've taken some things I'm going to be, uh, you know, I love having people on my show because I, it's all about learning from them and taking little nuggets and, and sharing them with the rest of the people that I work with. So this has been, uh, this has been awesome. Um, before we actually close out the show, though, um, I'm going to get deep again with you. Uh, I always okay. love, I love this question. And when you, when you reflect on your whole career, mm-hmm. what do you think you've learned the most about yourself? Uh, that, oh, oh wow. If I had, I, I, I'm, I'm going to immediately change the, the, the constructs of the question. And I'm going to say two things. <laughs> the, the very first thing is, is that I probably knew a long time ago what my passion was, uh, but I didn't believe that I could pursue it. Meaning that I actually somewhat fell in love with the idea of performance psychology long before I understood what it even was. But one of the things that I, I kind of knew was that you had to be someone that had a a master's degree or doctoral degree. And I, at the time, high schooler was like, well, I'm not that guy. I, that's not, that's for really smart people, not for me. So, um, you know, so, but, but learning to trust that voice that, man, I have something that if I, wasn't getting paid, I would still be interested in, I would still read about, I would still be fascinated by and starting to try to trust that voice to, to say, you know what, let's, let's, uh, let's see where that takes us. You know, like don't turn it away because it seems too hard basically. Yeah. And, you know, and, and so maybe I'm not actually changing the question because my second part of my question would be that, that I do think that at one point in my life, I created a narrative of what I could or could not be or do. And, and now at this point, because of the work, because of my education, because of the years of experience, because of the experience working with others, like I know for a fact that we can do and achieve so much more than, than that, that narrative might allow us if we want to buy into that story and we have to be really come really clear uh, about what stories we tell ourselves. And, and then, um, you know, we can, we can certainly overcome it a lot of times. You know, most of the time when I ask that, cause I love this question and, and it's, and it's your question. Um, and I, I never really try to add on to my experiences cause I, you know, this is an intimate question and I wanted it to be yours, but it's so funny. Mm-hmm that, you know, when you talk about what you went through, I mean, very, very similar to, to what I went through. And, you know, again, being vulnerable here with my listeners, but I had a negative belief system all the way from, I mean, it's probably in elementary where it it was born or created, but in high school and all the way up until about five years ago, I did a lot of work on this, but this thing stuck around and it was that I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't smart. I, was, mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that I was mm-hmm. like to, to get a master's, no way for me to even have a, my own company. No way. Not smart right. enough to write a right. book. Right. Not smart enough. Yeah. And that stuck with me for so long. And so, you know, again, like what I learned about myself is that I, I taught myself how to play a bigger game. And by by changing that narrative, you know, as soon as I, I changed the whole narrative of I get to do this, like whatever I do. Even when I'm doing laundry and I want to do it really well, I get to do it. I don't have to do it. I don't have to do anything, really. But it's just right, getting to that right. point of getting in, uh, and then playing a big game. And, um, and so that's, that, was, that was something like I, you know, being a quarterback for 13 years. Man, that's one of the hardest positions in sports. Mm-hmm. How stupid was I? You know. So I don't know. It just, uh, it, I, I only bring this up because, you know, for my listeners, if you're going through these similar thoughts, feelings, and emotions, man, it, it's, it's right now is the time to change that narrative and, and play a bigger game. And, and I, I, you know, one of the things that I always try to bring out to, to, you know, people I work with is so often because we keep so much of that stuff in our own head that it's not a lot of times that we were sharing it nonstop. That's not the conversation that people have uh, as they go out for a drink or whatever. 
is, or certainly when you're a kid is, is like, there's a, it, it's pretty much the human condition, <laughs> you know, like there, there's so much stuff that makes us question and, and, um, and so they're not alone. Basically there's a whole tribe of you out there. And the moment that you can kind of say, Hey, don't worry about that. That doesn't make you an outcast. That pretty much makes you just a person. Now let's start to, you know, let's start to work with it. Let's start to shape it. It, yeah. it, you know, yeah. the, the, the defenses go down, uh, at that point. For sure. And this is all good stuff. And I mean, I'm learning a lot of stuff. I hope my listeners are, are learning a lot of stuff. Uh, how do my listeners follow you on social media and connect with you? Uh, Twitter at well performance. Um, same with Instagram. Uh, I do have a Facebook business page that's, um, uh, well performance sports psychology and anybody actually that's, uh, that wants to can certainly, uh, uh, email me with questions at S singer at wellperformancecoach.com. Stu, thank you so much for sharing the two truths and sharing your, your, your energy and your love for, for this work. Um, it was a treat, man. And I, and it just, uh, I can't thank you enough for being on my show. Grant, can I ask, add one, one thing to that question around, around the social media piece, um, uh, is the, the, one of the things that I will also say is anything that you see on my social media will always kind of come back to everything that we discussed today. So meaning that it will, it will always support what I believe are true, the, the, that are again, research-based and, and scientific truths about, about how the brain functions so that I'm not, I, I'm not going to give a quote. I'm not going to give a, a quote from, you know, you name it, most famous, you know, uh, strong, uh, mental, tough, uh, athlete ever. If I don't believe that it's going to be something that matches up with, with the science of what I understand about how the brain functions. Um, and so, you know, I, 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 I say that because it's important to me that our social media, um, doesn't, um, gloss over how hard or easy things might be. And also that it's always supporting something that I do believe is within, you know, the, the, the potential skill set that you can learn by through repetition and doing it through. So that's, that will always be part of what my social media looks like. And I should also add, and cause I didn't say it before, I also created uh, an app um, that athletes can use daily, 10 minutes a day, uh, it's available in the app store. Um, the name of the app is do so D O S O, um, one word. And if you go into the app store, you can download it, uh, and you can spend 10 minutes a day. And it's basically, um, again, reinforcing all the principles that we discussed today. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for sharing that. And, uh, I think it's really important that, you know, there's, um, intentionality and integrity with our, you know, with our information and our social media. Um, I think that's it's awesome that you brought that up. And uh, for my listeners, go check out that app. Um, I haven't checked it out, so I'm going to look forward to, to checking that out. And, and again, Stu, man, thank you so much for, for everything and your thoughts today. I really appreciate it. I appreciate it, too. It was great, Grant. Thank you. Thank you.